This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. What I want to I want to look here. Turn with me real quick to Genesis 15 because if we're going to talk about believing without seeing, we've got to talk about Abraham for just a minute. Because God gave Abraham some giant promises and he just always believed them. And people are like, "Man, this guy is nuts." What, why does it, why does he think this is gonna actually happen? And I, and I've heard it put this way. In fact, Andrew Womack, a Bible teacher I like, he said, there's a healthy sense of imagination that a person of faith has. Right? You know, and, you know, in fact, Jesus told us in the book of Matthew, he says, unless you become as little children, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You'll never receive the kingdom of God. You've got to become as children. And so I'm thinking about what's, you know, children. Well, children, a lot of times have a very strong faith, right? Because you show them something in the Bible, you tell them, you know, what God's done. And they're like, hey, got this, man. No, hey, we're good. And also something about kids is they dream big. They've got big imaginations. And just ask my son, Sam, he will tell you some whopper stories. Is there anybody in here that you've heard one of the Sam stories? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Woo! That boy tells some whoppers. And, and they're so believable. People from church come up and ask me, like, Sam really, he really owns a rocket ship? I'm like, no, no, no. Sam's got a Mercedes? What? No, don't believe him. He's four years old. But anyway, but the truth of the matter is, children, they've got a, a vivid imagination. But people of faith also have a, what, the world may call a vivid imagination. This guy really thinks that he's going to end up succeeding in this. He's really going to get this promotion. This girl thinks that she's really, I mean, she's from Barstow. Nobody from Barstow has ever done this. And listen, it's funny now, but it's not so funny when that person you thought was stupid gets that job. When that person gets that healing, when that person gets, it's not funny anymore. And that's what I'm talking about tonight. And so Genesis 15, 5 through 6, we've got an early story of Abraham here. And in fact, Abraham was in his 90s. And his name wasn't even Abraham yet. It was just Abram. And so Abram was a, he was a rich man, very, very rich. And you maybe you're familiar with this story, but he had one big problem. He, him and his wife were never able to have children. And especially way back in this culture, and, you know, it, it, it was nice to be rich, but if you didn't have a son to leave it to, it was all worthless and meaningless. The biggest thing was to build up a wealth and then pass it on to children, specifically a son. And so... He, they were never able to have kids. They were in their 90s at this point. Genesis 15, verse 5. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Now think, I mean, we live, there's nothing like a beautiful desert nighttime sky, all right? Just say what you want, but... We've got some beautiful nighttime skies. You can see more stars out here than anywhere I've ever been. And and if you try to count those stars, you're not going to get very far because there's just, you find out that there's millions and billions of them. And so God takes this guy in his 90s and says, I know you haven't been able to have kids. Look at all those stars. You're going to have more descendants than that. And he's And, and to the average person, 
You'd be looking at your your own in capabilities. You'd be looking at, you know, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, yeah, Don't get my hopes up. Don't lie to me. You know, there'd be so many things that the average person would be saying. But look at verse 6. And Abram believed the Lord. I mean, there was there was no in-between time of Abram pondered these things. He did the math, crunched the numbers, talked to his doctor. Abram went, no, God makes this giant, outrageous, outlandish promise. And boom, Abram believed God. God says, hey, I know you don't have any kids yet and you are super duper old. But guess what? You're going to have more descendants than the stars in the sky. And he's like, sweet, yes. Doesn't even stop to question it. And what happened? The Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. I want to be like that guy. That is who I want to be like. God comes out and says, like, man, I want to do something through you that has never been done before. I want to do this great big giant thing. And I want to be, yes, hallelujah, I believe that it's going to happen. Amen. That's staring at the invisible. Look at chapter 17, verse 5. So I'm, here's Abram, and, and every day from here on out, he's believing, hey, it's going to happen. We don't have kids yet, but in the end, I will have more descendants than there are stars in the sky. And it seems like there's never been anything more impossible than this. So uh, Genesis 17, verse 5, and so God's talking to him some more. God says, what's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. He's not going to be called Abram anymore. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. Abraham, the name literally means father of many nations. And here in our English language, you know, I've talked about this, but we're actually, I mean, we're pretty weak in this area. We we just throw names out there and don't think about their meaning. The average person does. Now, maybe some of you do. We we did. All of our kids have Hebrew names. But at the same time, the average person is like, we named him Brick because uh, she's a brick house. I don't know. I, 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 so we named him Brick. And, and you know you don't you don't care what it means you don't know but but in Hebrew culture in Native American cultures like the name meant something and when you went and it, everybody knew what your name meant all right and so Abraham's going around you know oh hi what's your name uh, uh, Jim uh, Jim my name's father of many nations pleased to meet you oh you've got a bunch of kids no I don't have any at all uh, well you're here at Senior Citizen Bingo Night you know you're pretty old you don't have any kids what's the deal and and and, and so everywhere he went, he kept repeating. And people are probably like, this guy's crazy. He goes around telling everybody that he's this father of many nations, that he's got all these descendants, yet he doesn't have one kid. This guy is, is the guy's insane. And, you know, for the sake of time, I can't preach the whole book of Genesis. But I'll tell you this. Abraham and his wife did end up having a son named Isaac. Amen. Abraham was like 99 years old and I think his wife was 90. And, and, you know, that's pretty old to be having your first child. And, and so they've got, they've got Isaac and from Isaac comes Jacob and, and from Jacob comes Joseph. And, and, and before you know it, 
Abraham's descendants through all this, the start of the Jewish Hebrew people. And guess what? Because of that, we, according to the book of Galatians, if you're a born again Christian, you are now adopted into Abraham's family. So I'm not Jewish by blood, but guess what? I'm adopted into Abraham's family. And if you were to count the descendants of Abraham throughout the ages now, I mean, they're billions and billions and billions And it's not so funny now, anybody that laughed at Abraham back then, because he believed God so much that he just went around announcing it like, hey, guess what? Hey, you want to congratulate me right now? What's going on? Come on. And and he was that real with it. In fact, Romans 4.17, you can just put this on the screen. I'm I'm hustling here. Romans 4.17 of the New King James talking about Abraham. Write, you can write all the verses down tonight, even if, if I don't have you flip there. Romans 4.17, New King James. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, which was God, who gives life to the dead, and look at this, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That was a mouthful right there, but listen. The God of Abraham and Abraham himself called those things which did not exist as though they did. Now, that's a key for your modern day Christian faith right there. Because if you're believing God for something, you better start calling it like it is. Amen. You know, uh, you have have sickness trying to hit your body. You You know what? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus paid the price for my healing. I believe that I am healed. Someone else would come and say, no, you're not. Yes, I am. Jesus paid the I believe that I am healed. And, you know, people could think you're crazy or whatever, but start speaking what you want. Not what, you know, you've already got. We already know that. Well, I'm sick. I'm feeling bad about Man, don't go there. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking about Cigna. And if there's a thing or two that we preach and know about, it's getting people healed. Had another lady from the church this week. Doctors told her last week that she, uh, they thought she had cancer. And so she came to, you know, we anointed her with oil last Sunday. And she texted me on Thursday night when I was in San Diego and said, the doctors were shocked. They got my reports back today. No cancer at all. I'm like, come on, man. Listen, we're not playing around with this stuff. We, our whole life is based on the word of God being true. And so, yes, I believe that Jesus heals people. I believe Jesus can take someone that's poor and get the finances to them, if they'll manage it right, and bless them. And the poor don't have to be poor anymore. The sick don't have to be sick anymore. The depressed don't have to be depressed anymore. But it all comes down to if you can believe in what you can't even see yet. Amen? And so you've got to start seeing yourself as God sees you. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move forward here uh, with a few things about staring at the invisible, because I don't want to just keep repeating the same thing and getting having the same problems in life. I want to start seeing some victories. All right. So number one is this. Don't focus on the problem. Don't focus. I mean, you can clearly see the problem, right? Well, the problem is I've got this going on. And and so, okay acknowledged got it but guess what i'm not going to sit there and just focus on the problem because that doesn't fix anything look at second corinthians 418 flip to second corinthians 418 anyone having a good time tonight sunday night church come on somebody so second corinthians 4 and we're going to flip here to verse 18 
And listen, we're talking about focusing on the invisible, staring at what you can't quite see just yet. And eventually, you believe God, you do things His way, you will see the miraculous take place in your life. I've seen it so many times, so many times, where God came through and just absolutely did the impossible. So 2 Corinthians 4, and we're going to look at verse 18. It says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Well, how do you do that? For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Think about that. The things we see now, everything you see now is not going to last forever. This earth is not going to last forever, man. Listen, someday, long time from now, hopefully, but someday this thing is it's going to be gone, right? And and anything you see now is temporary. Yet 99.999% of people, they only focus on what they see in this world. No wonder we have mass levels of depression. No matter, no, no wonder we have mass levels of anger and strife and division because people that only focus on what's going on down here, that's all, that, they're fixed on that. But there's a small percentage of people that are focused on the Word of God, on heaven, where we're really going, our real home, and this stuff doesn't trip them up anymore. Well, how, how are you so happy? You saw the news. You saw this was going on. And well, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But guess what? That doesn't matter. I'm focused up there. I'm focused on the word of God. And I know that the news said that, but Jesus said this. The experts said that, but the Bible said this. And so what are you, whose word are you going to take? And so I love this verse. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that can not be seen for the things we see now will soon be gone but the things we cannot see will last forever and so we can't focus on the problems when you stare at the problem all the time that's like staring at this you know staring at the sunlight or something so eventually it's going to damage your vision right and i know people that they've got some screwed up vision when your vision is so clouded and nasty because all you do is focus on negative, you can even take a good situation and see it as bad. Right? You know, oh, well, there's a new job open at work. Yeah, I see that, but with my luck, you know, I'm not even going to try. Because your vision is so screwed up. Because all you see is negative, right? And And, and when you stare at the wrong, but then think about it this way. Somebody that has their gaze fixed on the word of God, on heaven, on the things of God. They see a really bad situation. They're like, oh, man, look at this opportunity. Think about David. When he saw Goliath, everybody else was, I mean, grown men weeping, hiding behind bushes, terrified. A 17-year-old kid comes out, sees a terrible situation, and he's like, what's that, a giant I see? Oh, man, this is great. Dude, I could kill a giant today. The average person, oh my God, a giant, oh no, what are we going to do? A person of faith says, oh, listen here, man, he's a big one. We take him down, people are really going to fear Israel now. People are really going to believe there's a God now if we take him down. But what's your vision? You stare at the wrong thing all the time, it will screw your sight and your vision up. You'll be negative, 
you'll be pessimistic, you will always see the wrong and the bad in every situation, and you will never see a possible way for things to get better. And I can tell you right now, I do not like to be around negative people. I'm, that's just me. I, I, they drive me up the wall, man. I can't stand that. I, there's just about nobody in the world I'd rather less be around than a negative, pessimistic person. They always rain in on your parade, man. You can come out and, man, what a day. I'll say. It was supposed to be 90 today and it's only April. <laughs> man, get over it, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's nonstop nasty. Don't be like that. And then then get into church and, well, we're believing, a, I'm going to see a victory. No, you're not because you're so negative and nasty. No, you're not. <laughs> you're probably not going to see one, but everyone else might. Listen, you gotta, you have got to be able to focus on the right thing. And that's the word of God. And I can tell you this much. Any problems you're facing right now are completely temporary. If you can at least learn that one key, that even if I live to be 120 years old down here, 150, which I hope that I don't. I don't want to live that long. But listen, so, you know, I don't want to live to be 120. I, I, you know, 90, 100, that's, you know, that's good. But I want to get to heaven, you know. So, but, but listen, no matter how long you live down here, you realize that eternity is longer than a billion years. It's longer than five billion years. It never ends. So even if, and I'm not, listen, I'm going to get answers and I'm going to see victory every time because I always triumph in Christ Jesus, but just pretend even if you didn't, you know, get through that one, it's only temporary and you're in heaven no matter what. Now, I believe in always seeing the victory down here. Okay. I highlight that. But the worst problem that I have here is temporary at best. Heaven is eternal and never, ever ends. And when you can begin to see things in the light of eternity, it changes your world and it changes your life. And anything that I look at, I'm like, you know what, even if this goes on for the next four years or the next 10 years or whatever, that is nothing compared to when I'm in heaven five billion years from now and I'm just having the time of my, listen, it's only temporary at best anything that we face down here my dad shared second peter 3 8 this morning that uh, that a thousand years is like one day to the lord i mean you have no concept of god's time zone and and anything we face is temporary so you've got to focus on the answer not the problem i was thinking about this way you ever like imagine you're taking a math test and you come to to a problem like oh gosh a hundred plus a hundred uh, just stay with me. I know you know the answer to that. Okay, so a uh, hundred plus a hundred, a hundred plus a hundred, a hundred plus a hundred, one hundred plus one hundred, and and you just keep repeating the problem. And I'm like, dude, find someone that's got the answer to this thing. I mean, start finding the. If you don't know the answer, find the answer. But it does you no good to just sit there and constantly keep repeating the problem, constantly. Oh, sick, 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 sick. I'm sick, I'm sick, 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 sick. Okay, we know what the problem is. Now go find the answer. I don't have enough money, don't have enough money. Low on money, we're low on money. Don't have enough money, don't have enough. Okay, we've established the problem. Good job. Now go find the answer. Go, go get it. Go find the answer. The answer is, of course, always found in the Lord and in the Bible. But listen, don't just sit there and talk about the problem all the time. Go find the answer. Can I get an amen? All right. Let's go to point number two, because that's as far as I'll get tonight. Point number two, 
Focus on the answer. And of course, that is God Almighty. Focus on the answer. Hebrews 11, 6. Flip over there. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Who's ready to start focusing on the answer? I know I am. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. And it tells us this. I'm in the NLT on this. And it is impossible to please God without faith. The King James says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, there's a lot of great stuff in that verse right there. But notice it says it's impossible to please God without faith. That's a very big statement right there. Because there's a lot of people that they're wanting to, well, I just want to make God happy with me. And, and you're not going to do it without faith. You have, it's impossible to please God without faith. Why? Because it takes faith to even believe that he's real. Right? That's what it says right there. Anyone who wants to come to must believe that God exists. And to believe that God exists, you have to have faith to even believe in his very existence. And what's the second part? He rewards those who sincerely seek him. Someone that sincerely seeks him, that's someone that's focused on the word of God. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know anybody who sincerely seeks God and is not a Bible person. I know a lot of fakers and a lot of talkers. They can talk a big game, but then when it comes down to it, they don't know any Bible and they don't get any answers. But listen, he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And if you're going to sincerely seek God... You're going to be focused on the word of God, not all the problems, not all the negativity, not all the junk going on in the world. You're going to be focused on him. And guess what? He will reward you for it. Guarantee you. He rewards those. And I I can say I can look at so many people in this room right now where I have seen God reward you when you have sincerely sought after him. He does it because he's not a liar. There's nothing in here that he put in there that it turns out like, well, I did that and it was a lie. I, he didn't keep his part of the deal. And I've said it a bunch of times, but I'll say it again. If you look at a verse and say, well, I did that and it didn't work. The only possible explanation is, no, you didn't. Either you're lying or God's lying and I pick you, right? <laughs> you know, There's no way that I obeyed one of God's promises and then... He just failed to come through. He choked. He he just didn't have the power that day. Never. Ha- now, sometimes it's taken a while. Sometimes it, sometimes I do what he says, and I don't instantly, you know, get the reward. But guess what? If I stick with him, if I stay in faith, the answer and the victory always comes. Sometimes quickly, sometimes a little longer than others. But it, every single time in my life, anything from cancer to financial things to marriage things to kid things to church things, it has always 100% of the time happened. And I say that without fear of contradiction. 100% of the time when I've done it his way. Now, yes, there's been times that I've screwed it up and tried to do it my way and didn't get an answer. And that's my fault. I don't blame God for that. I screwed it up. But if I sincerely seek him his way on his terms, I get miracles and I get great stuff happen. Look at verse 27. Hebrews 11, verse 27. Now, here we are talking about another great Old Testament name, Moses. Anyone heard of Moses? All right, we've talked about Abraham. We've talked about Noah a little bit. I'm talking about Moses right here. Verse 27, it says, It was by 
faith or it was by believing without seeing that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. Why? Why didn't he fear the king's anger? Well, look at this. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. There it is. He kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Now, again, a faith person, a real Christian person, they read that and they're like, yes, got it. I told I am 100. But someone that's not born again, they read that and like, how do you keep your eyes on the one who is invisible? Who is the one who is invisible? And, and how do you keep your eyes on him? But if you're a faith person, you read that and you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's me. That's what I do every day. I keep my eyes on the one who is invisible. And guess what? God did some absolutely incredible things through Moses. Well, again, how do you keep your eyes on the one who is invisible? How do you stare at the invisible? You don't focus on the problem. You focus on the promise. You don't focus on the problem. You focus on the promise. And, well, I don't know what the promise is. Well, get your Bible out. There's a couple thousand of them right here. Seriously. You know, I mean, I, I could do your homework for you and show you a bunch, which I'm, I'm more than happy to do. But it's even better if you'll get your Bible out and start learning some of these things on your own. Coming to church, writing down the verses, right? You should do that. When you come to church, you should take notes. And I love it when people do that because, listen, you can go home and, and look them up again and, and, and all that stuff. But you, if you're, if you're going to see the impossible, if you're going to experience miracles, you can't focus on the problem. You have to focus on the promise. And if you don't know what the promise is, you got to open up the word of God. And so a faith person, if, if sickness tries to come to their body, they don't instantly run to Google and symptoms of, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh my gosh, look at what WebMD has to say about this. Oh my gosh. You know, it says this, this, and this, and this. And then, well, you know what? I looked at all that. I think I'll go look at scripture now. No. When, when sickness comes, I run to the Bible. And what does the Bible have to say about this? Okay, it says, First Peter 2, 24, by Jesus' stripes, by his wounds, I was healed. Whew. I'm going to make it. Well, how do you know that? Well, because Jesus paid the price. Why, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Oh, Matt, okay, it says right here, Matthew 8, 17, he took my sickness and removed my disease. Oh, that's good news. I'm going to be all right. Thank you, Jesus. Well, they're laying people off down there, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, uh, let me go search up this, and let me go look at that. Oh, wait a minute. I could run to Scripture, and Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I am going to be okay no matter who they're laying off. I don't care because God's not laying me off, and I'm not laying Him off. We're sticking like this. I'm focusing on the promise and not the problem. I'm staring at it. I can't see it just yet. But if I keep focusing on it, the answer is going to show up. And not only will I see it, all the haters are going to see it too. And then they can't laugh at me anymore. I'll be laughing at them. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. All right. Well, we're going to have to end right there, my friends. We're going to have to end right there. We could have gone so much further, but that's all right. That's all right. Amen. Hallelujah. Who believes that they're going to see some great things in 2021? Let's stand up together. You know, we're only, well, we're, I guess, about done with the, the first.
quarter, the first third of the year. Yeah, the first third of the year. And I, I've seen some great things this year, man. I'm just telling you right now, woo, we've seen some good things. We've seen cancer healed. We've seen $60,000 come in in, one, in 30 days' time to buy AC units for the church. We've seen some powerful things. I've seen Lots of people get saved. We baptize people. It is just on fire, and it's going to stay that way. We are moving forward with Jesus, and I am excited to be alive in 2021. Amen? We were born for such a time as this, as it says in Esther. This is our moment. It's no mistake that you are here right now. This is a great time to be alive because we're going to see miracles if we believe for them. And we're going to see Jesus come out of the sky someday and take us to heaven. You believe that? Oh, man, I believe that. (laughs) Oh, do I believe that? I believe it. I haven't seen it yet, but oh, I believe it. It's going to happen and I'm ready for it. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.